welcome to the Car Partners Podcast, a series for leaders, managers, and change agents in fast-growing startups and other rapidly changing environments. I'm Gaurav, and I'm going to be joined by Vishnu as we discuss a range of topics related to adaptive organizations. If you want to learn more, you can visit our website, www.carpartners.co, and thanks for listening. Welcome to this episode of the Car Partners Podcast. Today we have a special guest joining us, Celine Schillinger, who is the CEO and founder of We Need Social. And she's going to help us extend the conversation we started last time. We're going to talk about how leaders can more effectively engage employees, how leaders can more effectively create connection to the purpose and mission of the organization, and also how they can create more belonging in this new virtual world. So welcome, Celine. It's great to have you on the podcast. So rather than me uh, trying to introduce you and making a hash of it, maybe you can just give us a little bit of a background on what you've been up to and why you founded We Need Social. First, thank you very much for having me here. It's great. I listened to uh, some previous editions of this podcast and I like it a lot. It was really insightful. So thank you. Thank you. I founded We Need Social uh, about 18 months ago after a long career in um, corporate in corporate world, 30 years, I dare to say, um, in multinational environments. I spent a long time in Asia and then in Europe and then lastly in the US. So overall 30 years in different corporate environments, small, medium-sized, large global companies. And across those years, I've experienced what I have found were limitations to corporate cultures and to the way, actually to the way those companies worked. And I felt that a lot of the potential, the human potential that was here in those companies, a lot of the, the talent was wasted, was not utilized uh, in the best way. And it was, to, to in my views, a loss for organizations for what they can deliver and more importantly for the people who work there i think a lot of uh, a lot of the pain and suffering that is created at work has repercussions on society at large and i feel we can do something about it it's not a um, we don't have to to bear those conditions we don't have they they can change we can change things for the better and um and humanity at work and good business are actually compatible. So that's why I founded We Need Social. It used to be the name of my blog, uh, started in 2013. And now it's a, it's a one woman company. <laughs> I'm based in France. Uh, I traveled uh, when, I, when we could still travel. Uh, I could I traveled around the world, but um, now I'm doing mostly my work online. And I focus on engagement leadership. This is the way I, I describe my practice. It's about uh, creating engagement in companies between, I mean, with all important stakeholders, starting with employees, but it can be also a broader understanding of stakeholders, can be external too. Uh, and this requires a change in leadership, practice, behaviors, or even tools. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you for that introduction, Celine. And, you know, this focus of yours on engagement leadership is one of the reasons I was very excited to have this conversation today, because I think in this new world that we find ourselves, it's simultaneously more important for leaders to be able to engage with their employees and also more difficult because we are all working in sort of a new virtual world. So I wanted to get your thoughts on 
how leaders can, can create this participation and engagement with their employees, what they can do to foster a sense of belonging and community for their, for their employees in these times, uh, and then also how they can, how they can create um, a connection to the purpose and mission of the, of the company, which, which may be changing in, in these times as well. Well, uh, first, the COVID um, uh, disruption has impacted me as well. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was striking to, tr it was pretty tough to try to make sense of the situation while being affected by it uh, at the same time. But uh, I also realized how lucky I am being a one woman company, so not having uh, employees, for example, which would make things difficult for me, uh, emotionally, financially speaking, um, working from home for already quite a long time. So I was already used to those kind of things. And, um, and realizing that it is, it was tough for me, but it must be, it is like way more difficult for people working in companies which culture goes against what would be needed now and we're talking about engagement i feel that those leaders who have not taken engagement seriously before covid are having a much more difficult time now uh, the work should have been started before if it hasn't well now is the time to really be serious about engagement. And when I speak about engagement, I don't mean, um, I don't mean like overflowing people with information and, and keeping them alert. And this is not it. Mm -hmm. Engagement is having brains, hearts, and souls connect together. It's having the, the social fabric of the organization um, stay healthy, stay rich, stay um, both open and connected at the same time, even throughout this crisis, which has a very important impact on people's morale, on people's, um, on the way we perceive each other's humanity. Mm -hmm. And this can have very serious long-term effects. I'm thinking of, uh, of course, I was delighted to see people starting to use digital tools, you know, uh, things that were, that seemed impossible uh, became over, almost overnight uh, possible. And so that's great. The, uh, in the last company I worked at, um, the adoption of the enterprise social network has been a pain. It's been really difficult. I advocated for it already 10 years ago, and now finally it is being implemented. So great. But behind those short-term successes, I believe there are long-term trends that can be really problematic for business uh, outcomes, for performance, for innovation. If leaders do not um, take very uh, at heart and very seriously the work of engagement of mm -hmm. real engagement so so if i get very tactical for a second and imagine i'm a leader you know of a i don't know a company of 100 people or so and we've suddenly gone into this virtual environment i'm not used to it i i, I sort of used to rely more on you know uh, sort of physical environments to actually connect with 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 my team and now I'm using more of these digital tools, as you described. What advice might you have for me on, you know, what, what, what can I start to do um, 
you know, and assuming again, your point earlier of, uh, I, I have been doing some things around engaging people, but I've been doing it in a very different environment. So how do I switch that yeah. over to a virtual environment? How do I use the tools? What advice would you have for me? Right. I, my main advice would be to, well, use the tools, obviously, that's great, but pay attention to the, the in, what is your intention and, and be, be relentless about this intention and make it as much as possible a collective intention. So I personally use a compass, I would say, uh, of, with four cardinal points, if I can describe them this way. Uh, the first one is systemic leadership. Systemic leadership is, um, it may sound like a, a complicated concept. It is not. It has some very, very simple rules that you can, um, you can implement, such as um, making sure you, you enable a diversity, uh, a diverse situation assessment. So making sure you expand your circle, your sources of information. Mm -hmm. As a leader, if your source of information is a bubble of you know, um, close advisors, for example, you are, the situation, which is now very complex, is being filtered to you. And so you will, have only, you will only get a part of what would need to reach you. Right. So make you, make sure you distribute cognition, you disintermediate. Why is that important? Because leaders, especially these days, must absolutely cultivate their empathy. Empathy these days is um, crucial. It is hard to remain empathetic over the long term if you only talk with people through Zoom. Um, and empath and I've seen in some articles already some um, people talking about the uh, what is it? It's not the empathy fatigue or the something like that. Um, we need to make sure that empathy remains alive and kicking. Really, really important. And granularity um, uh, and redundancy. Make sure that you you create like small teams that are bonded together by trust, but that, that are, you decentralize decision-making and you centralize coordination. So really, really important uh, elements of systemic leadership. That would be the first uh, idea. My second uh, cardinal point is community engagement. How do you um, involve, um, really in, engage, a broad community. How do you, so this goes through the, the power of purpose, um, making sure you don't shift to uh, exclusively to the job to be done, mm -hmm. but uh, keep having conversations on uh, about why is it we're here? You know, wh why, are, why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, keep the bigger picture alive. Um, role model uh, engagement. Make sure you, you do not reproduce a top-down hierarchy uh, over, over time, which is a temptation of organizations, especially those uh, traditional organizations. So that would be the second mm -hmm. um, cardinal point, community engagement. And there are 
tactical ways to um, to keep communities um, uh, really lively and uh, they need to be action-oriented, they need to have to, to et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of uh, elements around that. The third cardinal point is digital diversity and inclusion. Uh, diversity is a diversity of tools. So really explore, maybe seek help from your IT department or from experts or, or, or even listen to people's practices. Um, leverage a diversity of tools um, and not just Zoom calls. Um, do not reproduce the uh, usual company meetings with company video calls. There are many other ways to provide a richer um, practice, a richer digital practice that are well adapted to global environments, for example, such as asynchronous channels, enterprise social networks, uh, wikis, um, uh, long text format, etc. Uh, vlogs uh, and so on. Uh, and inclusion is making sure that the front line is included. So how is it included? Um, how, how, how can you hear their voice uh, directly without too much filtering? Uh, how are they equipped with digital tools? You know, what, what works for them? And the last um, cardinal point of my compass is the quality of presence. And that's really about oneself. Uh, how do you show up? As a leader, do you walk the talk? Um, how do you how do you act? Do you act uh, along those principles, or do you do you, do you say things and act differently? So making sure you you get feedback, seeking for feedback, um, being being authentic and open about your own emotions and feelings, etc. So these are some of the, the principles I use. And of course, I'm always guided by, I think I've mentioned that to you already, Gaurav, these Myron's maxims, um, which are uh, which have been created by Myron Rogers, someone I've, I've learned a lot from. And Myron says, um, has six maxims that are, people own what they help create. You know, if you, if you don't involve people into creating things that matter, to them, uh, creating the change, making sense of this situation, this COVID situation, then uh, you won't get engagement, you won't get uh, ownership. Uh, real change takes place in real work. So how do we change? How do we make sense of, how do we make the work in a different way? And, um, and how do we reflect on that and learn from that reflection? Um, connect the, th the system to more of itself. These are, this is a, another of the important principles. Connect, 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 connect. Never stop connecting the system to, to more of itself through different ways, through different channels, in different settings, etc. Make sure, um, maybe that would be uh, one last uh, advice. Uh, make sure you don't, uh, I mean, the horizon uh, that your people are considering and yourself is not shrinking too much. We need to maintain a, a, a diversity of perspective and harass because it, it, it will be, uh, if this situation lasts for like two years, three years, more, we don't know, you know, we don't know yet. We will need to keep innovating, inventing, uh, inv integrating newcomers, new sources of ideas, of energy, etc. How do we do that in a 
mostly virtual or distributed environment. Mm -hmm. We need to keep the diversity of the system. That's very, very important. That's, that's very useful advice. Thank you, Celine. You know, the, the one thing that sort of strikes me as you're, as you're uh, talking about some of these um, uh, sort of points in your compass, uh, as, well as, uh, as well as the maxims, is this idea of decentralized decision-making, of, of, of owning what you create, of involving people early. And, and one of the challenges I see right now is, you know, with the uncertainty in the, in the environment, it feels like a lot of organizations are actually moving more towards a command and control kind of leadership. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's very much contrary to, I think, what's necessary in order to keep engagement high, in order to keep people motivated. So, I don't know, any, any thoughts on, on how leaders can resist that urge? Because, you know, it's, even if you look at political movements, right, times of crises mm -hmm. are when authoritarian figures uh, tend to rise because there is a human desire for, uh, for, for stability, for you know, for, for being told what to do in some ways in, in these times of uncertainty. So, so how, do you, how do you get past that as a leader? How do you ensure that you're not getting drawn or not being tempted too far into, into the mode of, let me tell you what's happening. Let me, you know, yeah. let, me take, let me take the burden of the crisis from my employees. How do you avoid that? Yeah, well, I think not everything is bad in... Um, in a decisive leadership, I would say. Uh, in some situations <clears throat> where it's necessary to like, like go fast, um, react really, really quickly, etc. So it, it is, I think, up to leaders to judge um, when to use what type of leadership, mostly, right? If, if you want to somebody who's like, um, uh, uh, bleeding on the street, you don't convene a community to rethink uh, the hospital transformation, right? You like do you bring the, the person right away to do emergency services. But um, so the, it's um, um, it's uh, how can I say? It's not a balance, but it's up to leaders to judge when to use what wisely, in order to make wise decisions. They need to surround themselves with uh, people that will not, that do not um, tell them what they want to hear all the time, because that's mostly what happens in organizations. I see leaders surrounded by people who coat uh, things in sugar, and uh, they very quickly, even the well-intentioned, the most, the, be the best intentioned people become isolated from what happens on the front line or in the field, or they get isolated from, um, from tough feedback. And it never comes from inside. It's, it's really hard for, for structural reasons. Huh? There are competitions for, for power, for, for resources. There's uh, power plays, egos, et cetera. So it, in companies, it's really, um, it, the job of the leaders is really complicated. That's why uh, keeping connected with the outside world, with people who are really, really different from you, with people who make you a little bit un uncomfortable. Uh, again, I, sp I mean, I spoke many times about the use of social media, but really being on social media, feeding yourself with uh, input, insights uh, fr from a, a broader um, ecosystem than just your own is really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, now, once I've said that, I think it's important for leaders in organizations to, to balance 
action and sense making um, and on a very I mean on a very regular basis quite often uh, reconvene um, uh, trigger some new sense making um, collective sense making you know making sense of the world so that we can act and we can act better on it mm -hmm. and um, maybe one last thing one of the books that has been uh, that has inspired me very very much over the last uh, few years is called community the structure of belonging by peter block and peter block has some wonderful advice of precisely in this situation where creating belonging becomes even more important than before um, it was always important but now it is really uh, crucial and vital for for systems right so one thing he says uh, says the task of leadership is to provide context and produce engagement to tend to our social fabric it is to see the leader the leader as one whose function is to engage groups of people in a way that creates accountability and commitment and so he says from that he says we hold leadership to three tasks one is to create a context, create the context that nurtures an alternative future, one based on gift, generosity, accountability, and commitment. The second is to initiate and convene conversations. Really, really important, critical. Those conversations are uh, what shift people's experience um, because they hear from, from they, they are able to make sense of their own, they hear from others, etc. And the third task is to listen and pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I believe this is crucial. Um, you, you can't just drown yourself into acting, 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 like doing things, um, uh, delivering on tasks, making space in your agenda to do this precisely, to hold those conversations, to listen is really critical. Mm -hmm. So I'm sort of hearing, I think a couple of things that are, that are coming through very loud to me and uh, just like to bounce them off you and see if you agree. I mean, one is um, this idea that leaders need to be deliberate about the choices that they're making. So whether that's yeah. around, around style, whether that's around um, even, even what tools they're using to engage, there needs to be some deliberation around how, how they do that. Um, and yeah. maybe that's more important than actually the fact that, um, you know, am I, am I defaulting into one style or the other? It's, it's sort of the, the, the choice around it. Um, yeah. The other, the other point um, that I think I'm, I'm hearing from you is, is just this idea of how do you ensure you're getting more information from diverse sources, whether that's mm. external sources, whether that's a broader group of your own team, not just the three or four lieutenants who you who you rely on yeah. uh, most yeah. often, but, but making sure you're getting diverse information um, in those deliberate decisions that you're making. And then the third piece is using all of the tools that you can. Um, to engage with to engage with your employees as a, as a broader community and to ensure that uh, you're not you're not sort of uh, allowing uh, allowing the virtual world either to, either to try and just mimic the physical world which sort of isn't isn't adequate in some ways because there's obviously limitations in that um, or sort of allowing the shift to the physical or uh, sorry shift to the virtual world. Um, to disengage from to disengage from some certain certain parts of your parts of your organization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think choice is we all have choices. Um, 
I understand pressure on on leaders, on senior executives' shoulders is extremely, extremely high. But there's like pressure for numbers, for um, but some of those, some of this pressure is self-inflicted, and some of this pressure makes no sense. It it made no sense before. It makes even less sense now. I think it would be time to get rid of some of the stupid processes that, um, and I'm not just talking about bureaucracy or you know things that slow us down, but things that are just that are really uh, counterproductive. Um, a, when it comes to people assessment, talent, uh, mm -hmm. performance assessment, etc., that's that those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, some things are just counterproductive because they put people into boxes, because they foster competition in, within the system, etc. It would be time to get rid of those relics from industrial management, you know, or, or projects aiming at uh, deploying whatever uh, set of you know, recipe or tools, you know, companies are in love with tools, with um, frameworks, with those, those things that um, they believe will solve problems uh, f fast and easy instead of instead of creating this social or, or reinforcing this social fabric which takes conversations and which takes um, openness uh, to to the unknown and yes it's more uncomfortable but uh, and and it's slower yes maybe but uh, it is uh, it is what what guarantees long term benefit profits for those companies rather than spending lots of money on whatever new uh, i don't know agile deployment or it used to be lean it used to be design think thinking it used to be whatever uh, you know all, all fashions uh, that come and go instead of of doing that why don't we pay attention to creating real honest authentic conversations and and sense making uh, opportunities you see um, like the lack of leaders uh, in the social conversations at my former company on the so the enterprise social network mm -hmm. had at that time had all already pained me a lot i wonder what it is now i'm not sure that they they get it any better yes i hope they do i hope they will I, because there's less choices now to get involved into conversations but uh, will people narrow down their conversations to the few um, colleagues they're in touch with on zoom or will they expand uh, and and dive into this uh, diversity of conversations and and networks i'm not sure but again we're, we're back to choices yeah absolutely you know one of the things you wrote recently that resonated a lot with me was um this idea that uh, leaders often treat uh, employees as an audience, and and in yeah. the, you know it's sort of a uh, uh, you know it, it's it's I'm on the stage and you're my audience, and so I'm going to I'm going to you know uh, give you some information, or I'm going to have a one-way conversation as opposed to, and I'm going to get all the language wrong here because I think you had much better language to describe it, but as opposed to more of a participatory leadership style, right, where it's a two-way dialogue. Um, so maybe just as a as a final question, just you know, draw a line under that point because I think that's very important. This point you're making around conversation. Um, I don't know anything else you want to say about that in terms of how leaders can 
can have more of a dialogue and less of a, uh, a monologue. Yeah, I was talking recently with uh, a frontline employee in um, in a utility in Europe, and um, so I asked him. I said, "So, how, you know, how how is management doing uh, these days?" And he says, "Oh, they're doing great. Uh, we receive like lots of like newsletters and daily emails, and we have this weekly uh, town hall, and there's." Uh, um, you know, and he quoted like lots and lots of um, information um, channels and tools. And I said, wow, that's wonderful. I said, so did you read all that? Um, and he said, oh, no, I have no time. <laughs> and I said, well, so how do you know what's happening? He said, well, from my colleagues. Yeah. And it made me laugh because you see, there's a great intention, and yes, it's it's needed. And probably, if if all this didn't exist, um, employees at that company would be would feel lost and and um, and wouldn't feel happy at all. But can you can you not rebalance a little bit of all this effort and and time spent and money spent to having more conversations? So a little bit of little bit less of top-down uh, uh, spreading information and a little bit more of hey what's happening how do you make sense of things how do what are new practice I mean have you adapted your job um, what do you do now that you hope will stay what do, have you stopped doing that you don't regret um, etc etc and learning from each other this would be so much more valuable from a from a content perspective but even more important for a from a, a social connection perspective you know sticking together i think is the the key word um, throughout this crisis yeah yeah absolutely well thank you so much celine this has been this has been very enlightening and uh and i really appreciate your taking the time to come on the podcast so thanks again for the conversation it's been it's been wonderful thank you Thank you, Gaurav.